It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it all exclusively at BlueNile.com. That's B-L-U-E. N-I-L-E dot com. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 852 of Lockdown Raptors for Wednesday, December the 23rd, opening day for your Toronto Raptors. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Lockdown Raptors, where you can find links to every episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is a wonderful resource covering all of the teams that you care about. There can't be only one team, the Toronto Raptors, that you care about. If there's another one you like, please go and subscribe to the corresponding Lockdown Podcast covering said team. Uh, and thanks for the support and the love. You guys are the best. Anyway, on today's show, speaking of the Lockdown Podcast Network, I'm joined by Jake Madison, who is the host of Lockdown Pelicans, one of the hosts of Lockdown NBA as well. On Wednesdays, I believe, is his day. And uh, Jake's the best. We talked about the Raptors and the Pelicans ahead of tonight's game, got the lowdown on what the Pelicans are up to and the Stan Van Gundy coaching change and how things are going to shape up for the Pelicans. We got into a little bit of Raptors stuff as Jake grilled me on that. And we also talked about Chris Finch, who, of course, comes to the Raptors from the Pelicans program and some interesting thoughts from Jake coming up from uh, about Chris Finch as well. And then we got to do a bit of predictions for the game. On the other side of all of that, I will come back and wrap up the show with our uh, Coors Light fan message of the day and all the other goodies. But uh, let's get to it now. Myself, Jake Madison from Lockdown Pelicans teed up the opener between the Raptors and the Pelicans on Wednesday night. Enjoy. 
All right, joining me for a preview of the first game of the regular season between the Toronto Raptors and the New Orleans Pelicans, it is Jake Madison, the host of Locked On Pelicans, man with a beard, man who looks like Jose Calderon just a little bit. Jake, how's it going, man? Do, doing well. Less Calderon right now with like my hair actually being long, but uh, pretty good. How's, <laughs> how's Tampa Bay treating you? Oh, uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Thank oh, God I didn't get that assignment. You're not there I gotta where say. it's all warm and everything. <laughs> yeah, all warm, and uh, the warmth comes from the COVID. Actually, it retains heat wonderfully <laughs> as it floats through the air in Tampa Bay. Uh, no, yeah. I'm in, I'm in, uh, just west of Toronto. And oh, I'm I know, I know, I know. The cold weather <laughs> and uh, lack of basketball teams anywhere near me. Sadly, the closest team to me right now is the Detroit Pistons, which is uh, deeply, deeply depressing. You, uh, you, let's you not talk about the, the Pistons. Raptors, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about the Pelicans. Let's start this thing off. So basically, we're gonna run through a bit of a. Uh, we'll, we'll each put each other through the ringer a little bit. I'll throw you some Pelicans questions. You'll throw me some Raptors questions in segment two, and we'll wrap up with a bit of a look ahead to tonight's game and take a preview and look at the odds and all that stuff but jake the pelicans they are interesting of course they have zion they have brandon ingram who just got a big contract stan van gundy is now a head coach which as a stan van gundy appreciator i'm a big fan of and i'm happy to see him there Bit, bit of a weird roster. They get Eric Bledsoe, who is, uh, you know, always beloved on this podcast for his work in helping the Raptors win the conference finals in 2019. I, I for not uh, showing up in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's getting his ring one day for sure. Maybe he'll get one tomorrow. I don't know. But um, what is your uh, sort of read on this Pelicans team? Is it going to be... I feel like there's like a lot of different outcomes here, right? It's Zion has his like coming out party after 19 games of an amuse bouche last year, and he becomes like a bona fide superstar. And the numbers that he put up and the on court, uh, you know, impact that he had in those 19 games translate to a full season, and the Pelicans are excellent right away. There's, I think, maybe the most expected route, which is there's probably some good and bad. It's uh, it's a learning season for Zion. There's some kind of strange pieces to kind of fit together in the roster, and they're in the play-in mix. Or things go poorly, the roster doesn't work, and they miss out on the play-in. What do you think is the most likely outcome for this very, very new-look Pelicans team? Yeah, you know, when you're looking at teams in the Western Conference, you kind of have an idea of where a lot of people stand. Like, this is a play-in team. This is a solid playoff seed. This is a, a home court team. And the Pelicans conceivably could fall in anywhere. There's a lot of talent on this team, particularly with Brandon Ingram, his big contract, most improved player of the year. Um, guy who shows like shades of being like kind of, you know, Kevin Durant light, I think, to a degree. You've got Zion, who has looked really good in preseason, but it's preseason and was very impactful last year without really being fully healthy, fully in shape. So if he kind of comes into camp with no restrictions, as he said, and he lights it up to a greater degree than he did last season, it's a pretty good start to everything. You add in solid role players like J.J. Redick. Like, um, as you mentioned, Eric Bledsoe, he's at least good during the regular season. And it's a team that should be competitive, but they're they're kind of going through a bit of a revolution. And I think that's going to give you a mix of both good and bad and lead to being inconsistent to start the year. Offensively, they're going to be able to score. We kind of know that. I think the problem is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. They were, they were pretty much abysmal last year and you're bringing in Stan Van Gundy to basically revamp that side of it and to get more buy-in from players there. And to get him kind of doing all the things that you need to do. If you don't want to have to win basketball games, 140 to 135 and the Pelicans aren't going to be able to kind of win that way because I don't know if there's enough three point shooting. So it's going to come down to if does the defense gel early on 
or does it steadily improve throughout the season? If it gels early on, this is a solid playoff team, I think. If it is inconsistent, which is probably the more likely scenario, they're, they're going to be a team that's fighting for, to get in through the play-in tournament, which I think is realistic. And it's likely going to be a team that's peaking towards the end of the season, whatever that looks like, whenever that is. And that's, I think, the most likely scenario for the Pelicans. They're, they're going to be good. Brandon Ingram's going to be good. Zion's going to be good. You're going to get enough from those other guys to make this a good team. But if you can't stop anyone, you know, you're not going to win basketball games. And I think that's going to be the big thing for the Pelicans. I've seen more energy and effort for them on the defensive side of the ball so far in preseason. But again, it's preseason. You don't want to read into that too much. And their opponent's shot profile hasn't been particularly great against them. Giving up a lot of threes, probably more shots at the rim than they would like, and not so much mid-range. And unless they figure that out, it's going to be an up-and-down year. Does Stan Van Gundy seem to have like a defense focus coming in? You know, he it's so weird because I feel like the last time we saw Stan Van Gundy, he was kind of getting roasted because his GM decisions were bad and bad. that led to the team around him not being particularly good. But now you have David Griffin, who's doing all the personnel stuff. Van Gundy just gets to coach. He's kind of a I don't want to say a weird or bad fit. He's just an interesting fit, I think, with what that Pelicans team has, because, you know, he I think the sort of the thing that's been thrown around a lot in the preseason is Van Gundy's a guy who likes to play slow. He's plotting, he's methodical in the half court, whereas the Pelicans are a team that kind of profile as one that should run all the time. They have Lonzo Ball, who throws insane Ella passes. They got Zion, who on the break is uh, must be just the most horrifying thing in the world to get in front of. I look forward to Kyle Lowry taking a charge off Zion at some point <laughs> during the game because uh, he's a psycho, but uh, normal people don't do that stuff. So there's kind of like a weird, I guess sort of com competition between maybe what Van Gundy's reputation is versus the personnel on the team. Do you think it's going to end up being a fruitful marriage? Because, you know, we saw with Alvin Gentry and his offensive stylings, in theory, it should have all worked wonderfully all the years that he was there with all the personnel they had, and it never quite clicked. So maybe it is okay to have a bit of a clashing bit of styles between head coach and team. So I, I'm actually pretty optimistic about it. And so you, it's interesting you mentioned Alvin Gentry. Like They run, right? His teams are fast. That's what they do. How, how do you run in the NBA? How do you get into the fast break? You, 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 do, you do defense. <laughs> yeah, you play defense, right? You've got to get stops. You need to get defensive boards. You need to force opponents to miss. The Pelicans were really fast last year, but they were particularly fast after the opponent made a shot. So they're inbounding the ball that the opponent's defense can get back. And if you look at them in transition last year for the NBA stats site and the tracking data on that, they weren't particularly efficient. Their offense looks better than it was probably due to pure volume in transition, but they were around like middle of the pack. I don't have the numbers in front of me. They were around the middle of the pack, I think, in an offensive efficiency in transition. And when you're playing the majority of your offense there, it'll, it'll buoy you up some. But it's a little bit of fool's gold, I think, to kind of look at that team and be like, oh, they're fast. They're good. They, they weren't great because they couldn't get stops on the defensive side of the ball. And so I think Stan Van Gundy, though, historically his teams have played slowly, is willing to kind of realize that, hey, if we're getting stops, I'm going to let this team run in transition. I think that's where being a broadcaster for two years kind of helps him to a degree where you can look at trends around the league. You've heard him on Zach Lowe's podcast and other places talking before he was even interviewing for this job, maybe kind of pre-interviewing and planting the seeds for this job, talking about what the Pelicans should do, what the Pelicans kind of should look like. 
And he kind of nailed it. Like you got to play defense and get stops and then run in those opportunities. But if you're inbounding the ball, maybe you need to play a little bit slower and don't take a shot within the first eight seconds when the defense is back and get set and just rip a bad shot that is going to miss. That makes you more inefficient. So I think this team's going to still play very fast. I don't know if they'll play quite as fast as they did last year, but I don't think Stan Van Gundy is going to slow down because I think he realizes this team really isn't built to be amazing in the half court. You don't have any like really great creator. You've got Lonzo Ball, who's great at passing the ball around, but he doesn't necessarily create shots for others. Brandon Ingram has shown flashes of that at times, but hasn't become kind of that point forward like maybe he could be. And you don't really have anyone else. So they realize that if they want to score points, they're going to need to do it in transition, and you're not going to do it efficiently unless you get stops. So coming in and kind of preaching that to this team and getting their buy-in, I think, is the big thing. What I found most interesting in the dichotomy between Stan Van Gundy and Alvin Gentry isn't so much that one coach is slow, one coach is fast. Practices and the structure around the team are entirely different this year. Mm-hmm. Alvin Gentry was running 45 minute walkthroughs as practice, more of a player's coach, just, yeah, sure, we don't need to do this or we can do this, and kind of keeping things more relaxed. And for a young team that probably really needs structure and accountability in these players, it wasn't working. And Van Gundy comes in and is a bit more of a screamer. He's been running three, four hour practices with this team that, you know, they're <laughs> probably not thrilled about doing, but they probably kind of need and everyone seems to be buying in that this is a good thing to run drills for a couple of hours and so the fact that they're responding to that I think already makes him kind of a good fit Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I look at with him compared to Alvin Gentry Van Gundy screaming I never would have imagined shocking right yeah uh, truly breaking news here on the podcast build very very nice and happy walls (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, that feels like a pretty good primer on the Pelicans for the interested Raptors folks out there. Uh, let's get to the Raptors in just a sec. You can grill me, Jake. But first, uh, let's tell everybody about Bet Online, a brand new sponsor we have on the podcast network. And I highly recommend you check them out at betonline.ag as we get geared up for basketball. I bet some money on the games on uh, on, on Tuesday night. Do I know if I won yet? Because we're recording in the middle of the Warriors-Nets game. I have no idea, but I might win, and I might be very happy tomorrow as a result. And right now, when you go to Bet Online. You can sign up for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% of a welcome bonus. So if you you know put in 100 bucks, you're going to get an extra 50 bucks on top of that for free to play with. Again, you got the NBA, you've got the NFL, you got college football, bowl games coming up. Lots of stuff to get in on the action with. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action with betonline.ag and the promo code LOCKEDON to receive 50% of a welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Jake, fire away. Give me some uh, some good Raptors questions for me <laughs> to answer for the fine Pelicans fan folks out there. Yeah, so look, we, we kind of know this team, right? It's It's largely somewhat the same, I think, in terms of the key players as the team last year um but what's you know it, I, i'm curious about nick nurse and his approach to it and he seems to be an innovative coach 
first and foremost, do you think he's capable of kind of keeping some of the magic that he showed last year and carrying that over to this season? You know, they, they were good last year, second in the East, losing Kawhi Leonard and still managed to pull it off. They had an unbelievable run around the middle of the year where they looked like one of the better teams in the league. How do you kind of keep that going? Or is it just kind of as simple as, yeah, we're just going to run it back and do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I think, a little bit more difficult for them to craft, like, you know, lineups that Nick Nurse really trusts just because you lose Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol, who were so vital, and they just basically got 48 minutes of good center play in every game, which is very handy and nice to have, and I'm sure, like, <laughs> the Pelicans would love, and I'm sure lots of teams would love. It was a real luxury to have those two guys. You know, they bring in Aaron Baines, who I think will be perfectly serviceable in 20 to 25 minutes a game. I don't think you can expect much more from him because he's never played more than 22 minutes a game before, uh, you know, last year. Where the, last year he played 22, but it was his first time over 20 a game. And so uh, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a committee at center, and how they construct lineups around that I think will, will be a really interesting thing because I don't think they're just going to go with like a strict – you know, center rotation. I think we'll see a lot of, you know, Chris Boucher, who's more of a power forward than a center. I think we're going to see OG Ananobi play a ton of center for the Raptors this year. He was really good playing that spot in the playoffs last year. Their small lineup that they played most of the important minutes against Boston with of Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG at center with Pascal and Norman Powell in there. That lineup held Boston to like 83 points per 100 possessions defensively. They were ridiculous. They had trouble scoring, but they outscored Boston by like six points per 100 in those minutes. And, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of creativity for that reason. I mean, Nick Nurse is pretty good coach for that sort of man. thing. Yeah, he's like, it, that's whole, his whole thing. He's like, all right, box and one. Sure. Why not? Let's try this high school defense in the literal NBA finals. And hey, it worked crazy. Um, you know, I, I feel like we're going to see a lot of experimentation, a lot of small ball, a lot of DeAndre Bembry playing the four. Like it's going to be kooky and weird we're going to see like multi-point guard lineups the Raptors have Malachi Flynn as their incoming first round pick who looked really good in the preseason not sure how much we'll see of him on Wednesday night because I feel like he's probably a little bit further down the rotation but if I had my druthers he'd be like the seventh man right now and it's just it's going to be a lot of mix and match there's going to be a lot of like very bizarre lineup combinations but the thing about the Raptors is they have Kyle Lowry, who drives winning pretty much no matter who he's playing with. You can put him with four scrubs, and, you know, like, as we record on the 22nd, it's literally a one-year anniversary of when Kyle Lowry led a 30-point comeback against the Mavs with 14 minutes left, featuring a lineup of Terrence Davis, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Malcolm Miller, and Chris Boucher. And so, Yeah, like, know, some of those he, names, the yeah. casual people are like, who is that? Exactly. And so, you know, Kyle is going to drive winning. There's... I mean, people get surprised by the Raptors winning every year, uh, you know, 50 games. It's because Kyle Lowry's on the team. He drives winning like very few players have in the NBA over the last decade. And with him, with Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, you have good tandems you can like stagger together. Like I think we'll see a lot of, you know, Kyle plus OG or Fred plus Pascal or whatever kind of on the floor at all times. And around that, you can put in all these little bizarro pieces like Bembry or Boucher or, you know, Patrick McCaw is going to play a ton because Nick Nurse loves him for some reason. Uh, Malachi Flynn, hopefully. And they have like 15 guys who could theoretically get rotation run at some point this season. So, yeah, it's going to be even more of Nick Nurse being on his Nick Nurse bullshit, I would think, because he just loves to get creative and weird and you know he's not afraid to be wrong and he's going to have a lot of opportunities to potentially be wrong but maybe be right quite a bit as well this year too so does that help the pelicans it being the opening game that maybe things are a little bit 
flukier, a little bit funkier. You're going to see some weirder lineups. And, you know, based on what you're saying there, it sounds like if they're going to commit to maybe some more of that small ball type of stuff, um, losing both Ibaka and Gasol, which are big losses for him, that maybe they struggle to score a little bit at times. Yeah, I think, you know, that was their problem last year. Their half-court offense really bogged down. And, I mean, Gasol was a big problem in that in the postseason because he uh, refused to shoot, and when he did, he was way off, and he was just not it, right. He looked he totally looked washed, bad right? at times. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ibaka is a huge loss because, you know, this team is so unselfish. They play such a sort of, you know, read-and-react, everybody-touches-the-ball type of style that you can kind of get into the point where you need someone to just be selfish, and Serge Ibaka was that. He would just, you know, catch a ball at 18 feet away and say, oh, well, all right, I'll shoot it if no one else will. And it was a nice little security blanket that the team had. And so, yeah, it's going to be a struggle. I would not expect this team to put up, like, a top-10 offense this year. I think they're probably looking at their formula for success being another top-three defense. They were number two last year and probably trying to squeak into the top half in offense. And look, there could be some growth from guys like Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi. You know, OG seems like he's primed for a bit of a breakout. He just got yeah. his extension. And, you know, there have been flashes, you know, behind the back dribbles, between the leg dribbles and stuff like that in the preseason, sort of, you know, juxtaposed with him bouncing off his foot three times and a half, right? So it's <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a lot of trial and error on that side, side of things. But I, I think there are some some things they can do to get a little bit creative, which includes having Chris Finch on the staff, who was with the Pelicans last year, of course, and mm -hmm. is now with his buddy Nick Nurse. And not to ask They've you another Pelicans question, while. but yeah, not to ask you another Pelicans question, but like, what do you think Chris Finch can do for a Raptors half-court offense, which was pretty stagnant at a lot of times last year? You know, it, it's it, that whole situation is interesting. They wanted him, what, a year ago to basically be the offensive coordinator alongside Nick Nurse, and the Pelicans said, like, no, you can interview for head coach jobs, but we're not going to let you interview for, like, a lead assistant kind of role. And then this year, basically willingly let him go. Like, it, that, I think he kind of fell out of favor with David Griffin to some degree, um, which just as an uh, interesting aside to certain things, I think. Um, but he, he's obviously a smart mind and can kind of make it work with any number of offensive players. So that experimentation idea with him, I think works, I, you know, I think if they're going to try and get out and run, he can really help those guys kind of learn to read the right passing lanes, all of that. In terms of the half court, you know, he's very good at making it work with a small ball. We saw some of that last season here in New Orleans and offense wasn't the problem. We've seen him work with multiple bigs and Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, um, in terms of the half court, it's going to be, you know, a lot of pick and rolls, things like that. I don't know. Like his tenure here was so weird to me looking back on it now that obviously a smart guy, but why has he not been able to make it stick for certain things? Right. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good point. My, my hope with him is that, you know, nurse, I think gets a lot of credit for being this sort of genius creative dude, but I think his offense can kind of get a little bit um repetitive and yeah. maybe not that outside the box compared to his defenses which are like true mad scientist stuff <laughs> um and so I'm, I'm glad that finch is here at least to maybe just kind of take that burden away and maybe implement some of that creativity it, you know and also it should be known we don't really know what the hell assistant coaches do it's, it's very hard to, to quantify and identify but it's uh, <laughs> always right people get yeah. so excited about him in new orleans everyone was freaking out who's stan van gunny gonna fill out on the bench it, it doesn't matter that much like yeah. let's not pretend <laughs> here like Finch is good but the, the thing with Finch is they they were pretty determined to move on from Alvin Gentry and David Griffin said that if Ty Lue was available in December they probably would have fired Alvin Gentry and tried to hire Ty Lue if hmm. you didn't want Gentry that much 
maybe firemen make Finch the interim. Why wouldn't you do something like that? And right. I think that's telling to some degree. And then the fact that it was just, he never seemed in contention for the head coaching job here. So clearly they kind of soured on a lot of what he did. And I wonder of that, is it because his half offense wasn't great? Wasn't nearly as creative that we were maybe expecting. You have Lonzo Ball here who can make all kinds of passes. And mm -hmm. they weren't running anything very unconventional or very different. And I thought that was kind of surprising to me. Interesting. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Jake, uh, are you ready to move on and take a look at uh, what the odds are and lines and stuff are for tonight's game? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do that. But before we get to that, first, let me tell everybody about Built Go, which is the best way to break through the wall that we all hit at some point during the day because life is very tiring and it's exhausting and it sucks. But Built Go can make it suck a whole lot less. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, your gym bag, your pocket, whatever it might be. It can go with you anywhere. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's basically like having a five hour energy shot without that same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. You know, you could go and drink one of those very disgustingly colored bright green energy drinks that are often found on the outside of NASCARs, but instead you could have a built go with a third of the caffeine and better results. It's got three tasty flavors for you to try as well. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And it works so well because it combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing. It gets into your system quick. Plus it's easy on the stomach as well. It promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So it literally makes you look and feel better. Built go is also loaded with the good stuff to ignite your work. Beta alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine as well as 10,000% of your daily dose of B6 and B12 vitamins. That is a lot. Go, visit builtgo.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get 20% off of your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Jake, let's take a look at tonight's game. BetOnline.ag has the Raptors as four-point favorites at quote-unquote home in New Orleans <laughs> or in Tampa Bay. Sorry, I'm getting it all screwed up. Who the, who knows where they're playing? I have no clue. Um, <laughs> they are four-point favorites They're over playing the in the Pelicans. hockey arena. They should feel like right at home, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, except it's a good hockey team that plays in that arena and, and not <laughs> uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, which we don't need to get into. Listen to Locked on Leafs with Mike DiStefano. Go check it out. Anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> that plugs this, out of the way. Good, yeah, you're you're like a pro here. <laughs> hey, look, man, it's a uh, it, it, it's a family. We need to support our friends. Anyway, yeah. uh, Raptors are four point favorites over the Pelicans. Uh, I once Jake, I, I used to make bets like for every game and uh, ended up being very terrible at it. But I'm ready to reignite it with our friends Bet Online being with the network now. Um, what are you feeling about this line? What do you uh, what do you got? Uh, Pelicans covering, winning. You got the Raptors. What do you got? You know, I, I don't know. Like, this season's so weird, right, to start the year. I, I want to buy into <laughs> what I saw in preseason, but I've learned. The Pelicans are 10-0 and 0 in their last 10 preseason games, and we've seen kind of how that works out. So I don't put much stock into preseason anymore, like, at all. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if this defense is actually improved. I'm not worried about them scoring. I'm worried about them getting stops, and I don't think they are there yet. So four points sounds about right. 
you know, I think home court advantage kind of goes out the wayside, especially for the opening game, right? You know, it's one thing during the middle of the season, even when there's no fans there, to be able to sleep in your own bed, not have to get on a plane, then get there, then play and all of that. It's the opening game. You can take care of that ahead of time and get there well in advance if you need to and you want to, I don't know, acclimate, something like that. So that kind of goes out the window. So it's basically a neutral court game, in my opinion. Four points sounds a about right I honestly probably wouldn't bet on the Pelicans and I'd take I think the minus four in this game you uh say this is there's not gonna be home court advantage in this game but are you not counting for the 3,800 rabid Toronto Raptors fans that definitely I didn't even know they were gonna gonna be going to this game that seems dumb to let people it's a very bad idea I hate it it's stupid but they're going to have fans uh God, it just makes me want to throw they, up. So, so they're going to put in <laughs> neutral fans into this game, right? That's what this is. I'm assuming well, there aren't very there aren't 3,800 Raptors fans that live in Tampa. Well, just a actually, guess. Maybe that's a Florida, bad assumption. Yeah, Florida is the home of many uh, a, an expat for sure. I, I think uh, you know whenever like the Maple Leafs play in Tampa or in Florida uh, or in like, Miami or whatever, like they usually get pretty much 50% or more of the crowd being okay. Toronto fans. And so I could see it being pretty heavy. Raptors fans travel well, probably even during a pandemic because okay. uh, they're insane. I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, it's probably going to be Raptors leaning or it'll be disaffected Magic fans who are very easily swayed to being it Raptors be fans because the Magic are depressing as hell. Um, keep keep so. in mind that Zion, though, draws people. You know, this when the Pelicans were on the road, people turned out to watch him play. So if it's, say mm-hmm. it's neutral fans... I wonder how many are there going to be there to like cheer on Zion and watch Zion do like very Zion things, which I think you'll see in this because I do think he's pretty healthy. I think there's no minutes restriction or any restriction on him, which, you know, excites the hell out of me basically. Uh, So I wonder if that's not going to be a huge factor. Like, I don't know. Like everyone's, I I know I'm not being a good, a good podcast host and hot takey here, but it's like, (laughs) how are you supposed to judge anything right now? Yeah. That's the secret to all this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, my take on this is that this is among the more depressing conversations I've ever had. There's the take. Uh, talking about what the 3,800 Tampa Bay Raptors fans are going to uh, do to sway the out- outcome of the game. Uh, it's just, uh, what a world we're living in, man. I think the Raptors uh, are going to win in cover, too. I-, I think, Yeah. I'm thinking back to the games against the Pelicans last year. Uh, the season opener, which is a weird uh, coincidence, this is happening twice in a row. Uh, Elton and John then- had to get the hell out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was that and then there was a game like two weeks in where the Raptors won and I remember Pascal Siakam yep. had two of his better games of the entire season in those games I think he had 30 or 34 on opening night and then I think he had almost 40 or might, he might have had 40 or a career high of whatever it was uh, I think yeah maybe 44 now that I'm thinking yeah about it I, I think it was game, something yeah. like that Okay, yeah, because uh, that was the game where Kyle and, and Serge both got hurt in the first quarter, and then Pascal had to do everything. I remember that now. Um, so and so, I don't really know if the Pelicans have anyone to guard Pascal Siakam. Like it's kind of a feast or famine thing with Pascal, where there's like eight guys in the league who are very good at guarding him, and if he's playing one of them, it might be a tough night. But usually, if it's one of the other teams that does not have someone who's equipped to stop him, he can kind of go off and have his own way. And I kind of think it'll be more that side of the ledger in this game. I, I just It feels like a matchup that Pascal can exploit a little bit. Uh, and I'm very curious how 
Kyle Lowry holds up because typically Drew Holiday used to put him in handcuffs in this matchup. And now it's Eric Bledsoe, who is a good defender, but not quite the same imposing size mismatch that Holiday was on Lowry. And so I, uh, I feel like they're a little bit more equipped for the matchup in that regard as well. No, that makes sense. And, you know, Bledsoe is a very different type of player than Drew is. He might be like 80% of Drew, which I think is pretty good to get in return for for Holiday. But no, certainly not the same size. Doesn't quite have the same kind of strength and things like that, too. I, I'm curious. The, the Siaka matchup is going to be interesting. They brought in Steven Adams to maybe try and neutralize some of that, though. I don't know if that's the, the type of guy that necessarily shuts him down. And when you look at this Pelicans team early last season, no, there was no Zion in that. There was no Derek Favors, I don't think, was fully healthy either at that time. And that can kind of mm-hmm. be a bit of an issue. So you're adding an actual defensive center here. And Zion, I'm not I'm not expecting much from him defensively. But one thing he's been able to do in preseason, which grain of salt, is get people in foul trouble when you try and defend him because they're using him in a variety of different ways to get him going downhill a little bit more. And at that point, good luck trying to stop him without fouling him. He's that skilled. If he can get Siakam in foul trouble, maybe it neutralizes the effect he has on this game and allows mm-hmm. both him and Brandon Ingram to feast at the free throw line a little bit. That's probably how the Pelicans are going to need to win this. I, I The defense maybe is 50-50. Like, I don't think it's going to be that good. I don't think it'll be as bad as last year. It'll be improved. But if you don't stop Siakam and maybe get him in foul trouble, yeah, it could all be for naught. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. I love the Pelicans. King Cake Baby is my favorite athlete, so I uh, I have a special spot in my heart for the Pelicans. I'm looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to uh, following the Pelicans all season long and looking forward, Jake, to listening to Locked On Pelicans because you do a wonderful job with that podcast. Thanks for coming on this with me, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This was fun. All right, big thanks to Jake Madison for taking some time to chat with me ahead of tonight's game. Go listen to Locked On Pelicans if you are interested in Zion or Brandon Ingram or the King Cake Baby, any of the wonderful things going on down there with the Pellies. Jake does a wonderful job. All right, uh, before we wrap up and get out of here, just want to pass along today's Coors Light fan message of the day as we've talked about all week and will continue to until tomorrow as well the Raptors have gone south but Canada support goes beyond borders Coors Light is on a mission to remind Raptors players and coaches that wherever the team is the fans are there with them too that's why Coors Light is helping Raptors fans show the team love by sharing messages from Toronto through a digital billboard outside Tampa Bay's Amelie Arena ahead of the team's opener on December the 23rd And today's fan message of the day comes from a bit of a celeb fan, I guess. Four Corners, DJ Four Corners, of course, who uh, runs the music at Raptors Games in Toronto. He is, of course, I believe, not there with the rest of the Game Ops crew, which sucks. But shout out to Four Corners, and he passed along the message that you'll see on the billboard. May the North be with you. Gotta love a Star Wars reference. It's been in the news lately, people talking about the Mandalorian and all that stuff. Shout out to Four Corners for being topical. Shout out to Coors Light for helping support the Raptors down in Tampa Bay. We'll come back again tomorrow with one more Coors Light fan message of the day after the opener. Big thanks to them for being a part of the podcast this week. Uh, We're going to wrap things up. Let's get to our local business shout out of the day, of course, as well. And today's local business shout out is 101 Mobility sent in by our pal Dan Grant 
I believe this is the company that his father owns. 101 Mobility is a one-stop shop for mobility and accessibility solutions. They sell, rent, install, and service products from the industry's leading manufacturers to provide full accessibility for your business. They've got a couple of locations in uh, Mississauga and Concord, Ontario. In addition, you can find them at 101mobility.com to help you with all of your mobility-related needs. Shout out to 101 Mobility for the great work that they do and that is going to do it for today's podcast thank you so much for tuning in enjoy the game tonight uh i got the raptors winning by four or more uh, that's that's uh, i guess i'm on back on making picks like i was in the first year of the podcast where i was absolutely terrible at it but here we are anyway thank you so much for being here subscribe rate review i think we're going to try to get big v back on the podcast for tomorrow to break down the game as only big v knows how and uh that'll be it we'll talk to you again on thursday with another episode of locked on raptors enjoy the game Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.